Welcome to this week's Simply Economics podcast with Mark Rogers, who is Senior Economist uh, for the U.S. at Econoday. Mark, uh, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me again. Okay, let's dive right into it. There was a lot that went on this week. Uh, let's start with the Dow. It hit the benchmark 14,000, and it seems like all the other indices were roaring as well. What, what stood out as being behind that? There actually were only two days during the week with sizable daily swings in the stock indices. Those were Wednesday and Friday. Wednesday uh, was actually a down day, but it was a very interesting day in terms of the intraday activity. The, the morning started off on a sour note with the first quarter, fourth quarter GDP coming in with a small negative growth rate. Interestingly, for various technical reasons we'll get to, traders shrugged off the negative number. They turned their attention to the Fed's policy statement coming out later in the day, and the policy statement was released about as expected, but apparently there were enough traders after the GDP report who expected more out of the Fed, and stocks dropped after the FOMC statement. Friday was the other big day and it was uh, in the other direction. It was positive. The uh, first item out of the gate Friday was the employment report for January which if you look at all of the various facets was close to expectations. But it was the rest of the day that really made the difference. There was a string of economic indicators that were moderately positive, unexpectedly positive, and it was this string of indicators that helped traders shrug off the earlier GDP report in the week and see the economy is actually improving. And these included the market PMI report, consumer sentiment, ISM manufacturing, construction spending, and scattered throughout the day, uh, sales reports from auto manufacturers. All right. Well, look, we're, you're going to have to get to the psychology of this counting the fourth quarter GDP, but let's move on. Uh, 14,000, or let's continue with this, I should say. 14,000 is a big psychological barrier. I think it's been five years since we've been there. Is there anything really significant about the Dow topping 14,000? It depends on the type of trader you are. And this week, especially Friday, did stand out. Of course, 14,000 is important to technical traders. We had seen intraday crossing of that earlier in the week. But on Friday, the technical traders saw the upward crossing as having more conviction. So to technical traders, it is important. For those trading on fundamentals, whether you're wavering, a little above, a little below. What's important is the economic news. And on Friday, there was the string of positive economic indicators. And for fundamental traders, that is what was more important than the 14,000 mark. Something else that's going up, uh, gas went up again this week. And we know oil prices edged up. Um, what's notable there? The, con the primary context is whether oil traders see the economy 
as improving, which leads to an increase in demand for oil. And there are various miscellaneous factors during the week where it's really little intraday movement except on Tuesday. Uh, the price of West Texas Intermediate rose about a dollar a barrel, and that was in reaction to the favorable Case-Shiller home price report. But we're seeing a gradual uptrend again in crude oil prices, and eventually, that's you know we're already seeing it hitting gasoline prices, and that's slowly impacting consumer discretionary income. So we need we with this factor taking place, we need to see broader employment gains to help offset individual losses in discretionary spending. Mark, there was so much news this past week, I don't even know where to start, so I'm going to let you tell us, where. what were the highlights in your eyes this past week in the uh, economic uh, arena? Uh, yes, this past week was absolutely jam-packed with economic news, but the highlights almost certainly are the fourth quarter GDP report, the employment situation for January, and the Fed's release of its latest policy statement. Mark, I think a question on everybody's mind is something you mentioned right at the beginning, and that was the fourth quarter GDP declining 0.1%, uh, sharply lower than the 3.1% boost in the third quarter. What is going on there? Well, it was the first decline in GDP since 2009, so that's disconcerting or was disconcerting to some. However, if you look, and it, and it was below expectations of about 1% growth, so there was a gap between expectations and what actually happened. But if you look at the detail, that's what traders eventually or quickly did Wednesday morning, and they determined that the number was not so disconcerting. Uh, basically, there are two components that tugged down on GDP for the fourth quarter. First, it was government purchases, and it was also sharply slower growth in inventory investment. Government purchases fell in annualized 6.6% for the quarter, and that was led down by defense purchases. Inventory growth actually decelerated to one-third the pace of what was seen in the third quarter. So if you look at it in terms of percentage contributions, the government component cut GDP growth by 1.33 percentage points, while the inventory component, which slowed sharply, cut GDP growth by 1.27 percentage points. Uh, were there any positives going on here? There, there actually were, and the, the traders Wednesday, shortly after the report, they did take note. We had positive contributions from personal consumption, non-residential investment, specifically the equipment and software component, and then also the res the residential investment component. And what does this? all mean for forward momentum. I know investors 
shrugged it off uh, for the reasons that you've outlined. But what is this? Uh, what is this? How is this going to carry us forward? Well, what they did is they shrugged off the negative portions of the report as being balanced by the, the positives and the implications for forward momentum. In fact, the PCE's component accelerated mildly to a 2.2% gain from 1.6% in the third quarter. Overall, final demand was modestly positive. Turning to the components that were extremely weak, what are the implications looking ahead? For the government component, we really can't expect much in, in terms of a turnaround anytime soon. The inventory component is a very different story. Inventory growth sh sharply decelerated. Many believe that was due to businesses' concern about the fiscal cliff. And with final demand holding up decently, there's substantial upward potential for rebuilding of inventories adding to GDP growth in the first half. There's a little bit more, though, to the story about the possible impact of the fiscal cliff on fourth quarter GDP on two other components in particular. Uh, per, there are those who argue that because of how the numbers turned out in the report, being moderately positive for personal spending and for portions of business investment, that they actually weren't hurt by the fiscal cliff. The counter argument, which is what I buy into, I, actually I think it's some of both, but the counter argument is that personal consumption and business investment would have been stronger had there not been a fiscal cliff, had it been resolved sooner. And again, there's probably a little bit of truth to both arguments. Well, the employment report always sets the tone for other indicators released later in the month. What, what did this report for January add to views about the economy? It was a very interesting report. We had the payroll headline number come in at up 157,000. This followed 196,000 in December and 247,000 in November. So we had a moderately decent number for January, but at a slower pace than the two prior months. What made this report interesting is that it included the annual revisions. And the annual revisions added substantially to the numbers in 2002. We saw basically 335,000 more jobs in 2012 than earlier estimated. Importantly, the upward revisions were primarily in the latter months of the year. So in contrast to the GDP report, the annually revised employment figures suggest the economy was mildly accelerating, not decelerating. And traders took note of that, and that led to the overall view that the employment report was mildly positive, despite the fact that the latest monthly number was a little bit slower.
Okay, well here, here's a question for an expert. Uh, but the employment rate for January actually rose to 7.9% from 7.8%. Is that something we should worry about? This goes back to an issue that economists have been discussing ever since recovery started. And you know, we're coming off extraordinarily high unemployment during the recession, and even in the early stages of recovery. And the unemployment rate remained quite high, partly because workers couldn't find jobs. And at some point, they got tired of looking for a job and gave up, the, the so-called discouraged workers. As the economy improves and it looks like companies are hiring, the discouraged workers come back into the labor force. Because if they're not actively looking for a job, they're not counted as part of the labor force. Once they start looking for a job, they are added to the labor force. So in January, we saw 143,000 boost in the labor force. And this is what led to the uptick in the unemployment rate. Essentially, if this is the reverse of the discouraged worker effect, this is actually a mild positive because it indicates that unemployed workers are a little more optimistic, a little more optimistic about hiring prospects. Mark, it was quite a week last week. Let's look ahead. What stands out this week? For once, we actually get to catch our breath a bit. Uh, there are really two standout news releases. We have the ISM non-manufacturing report and the international trade report. What traders are going to be taking into account for the first is that the ISM non-manufacturing report for January was relatively strong pointing toward forward mo momentum for the economy. So they will be looking to see if that continues. International trade for November widened unexpectedly and that was due to increased imports for iPhones. We are likely to see some reversal of the component that included iPhones. However, we may see some widening in the petroleum gap due to higher crude oil prices. So there'll be some cross currents in that report. Well, Mark, this was quite a week. Thank you so much as always, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you.